Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Mind Body Melanin, the podcast. We are a digital platform focused on health and wellness for women of color, celebrating women of color, produced by women of color, and really getting into the world that is the world that we live in as women and bodies of color. May is Lupus Awareness Month, and one of the things that we're really trying to focus on every month is figure out what hot-button topics we should be talking about when it comes to self-care, when it comes to interviewing key influencers in the world of health and wellness, and when it comes to creating a sense of evolved purpose and evolved self. So uh, last month we had the ability to interview and hear from CEO and founder of Mind, Body, Melanin, Keisha Faulkner. And one of the first people that Keisha just knew we should be speaking to in health and wellness was a young woman, is a young woman, by the name of Jokiva Ballard. She's 22 years old. She's from New Orleans. And she is not only a survivor of lupus, but also a major wellness and awareness advocate for lupus as a disease. May is Lupus Awareness Month, and it made sense to us as MDM to be right at the forefront of having conversations with women like Jakiva. And Jakiva, I want to welcome you to the show today. Thank you so much for being here to have this conversation with me. Welcome. I'm glad to be here, honey. How are you doing today? I'm doing so, so well. I'm feeling so grateful to be able to have this conversation with you in real time. I'm feeling blessed and grateful to have the opportunity to have you share your voice with not only me, but with all of the women out there that are listening. You know, I I feel like this is a topic that is so important to us, and then we'll be able to talk about why it's so important over the course of this show. And I'm just feeling so grateful for you. So thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much, babe. That is so sweet. (laughs) <laughs> this is so awesome. So what what the listeners don't know is that uh, Kiva and I had the opportunity to spend about, what, like two, two and a half hours on the phone last week? Yes. We was, we lost track of time. It's like, it felt like we were friends for like a long time. That's exactly how it felt. And, and that made me think of the beauty of being in a community like this, where if we as women just decide that we want to have real conversations and reach out to one another, just like the beauty and the power of what that can create. Yes, and then I love how, you know, we could come together as women and support each other and educate others that don't understand, you know, certain things that other people are going through. I feel like we all should be able to relate to each other. Absolutely, absolutely. And that that brings me, you know, ready to have this conversation about where we are at with this piece that we're trying to capture on lupus and why we're here and what we want to be talking about. So for the listeners tuning in today, I'd love to give an overview of what lupus is and talk a little bit about um, how lupus shows up for women and some of the stats concerning lupus. Now, I got this information from the Lupus Research Institute, and I want to share a few of those things. And Jakiba, please jump in if there's anything uh, that I'm missing in this capturing. So uh, for Lupus Research Institute... Lupus is a chronic, complex, and prevalent autoimmune disease that affects more than 1.5 million Americans, okay? And lupus is difficult to diagnose because its symptoms sometimes come and go, or they can even mimic the symptoms of other diseases. 
And there is no single laboratory test that can definitely identify the illness, which can make this troubling for people that are experiencing symptoms of the illness and troubling for their families as they try to support them in figuring out what's happening. I also read and learned that early detection and treatment is the key to a better health outcome, um, as it can usually lessen the progression and severity of the disease. I also learned that more than 90% of lupus sufferers are women, mostly young women between the ages of 15 to 44. Um, and then one of the other things that I want to be able to share today is that women of color are two to three times more at risk for lupus than Caucasian women. And that brings us to you, Jokiva, as a young 22-year-old woman of color. How did, how did I capture that information? Does that sound about on par with, with what you know to be true? Yes, yes. I really do um, think that everything that you just said was true. Um, they're still trying to do the test, but statistics are it is found more in African-American women. When more in woman, period, you know, um, I only met two men that actually had ended up having lupus, but that's like two out of probably a million women that I know that have it, you know. So, wow. Two men. And how old were they? Yeah. One was 32 and the other one was 28. Wow. Okay. All right. This is intense. And Jokiba, just for the listeners at home, can you tell the listeners, how old you were when you were diagnosed with lupus? I was diagnosed at 17. I was um, actually a senior in high school. And um, it just started off with the eczema rash and a lot of, you know, back joint pain. But um, that's actually what they misdiagnosed me with was um, the eczema rash. And it ended up not healing properly. So they sent me to a rheumatologist where he ran tests and diagnosed me with lupus. Right. Right. Okay. And here you are, uh, what, five years later? Five years later, as um, a continued survivor of lupus and also a, a voice and an advocate for lupus awareness. And I, I'm sure I got the sense that throughout our conversation last week that one of the things that you feel more than anything else is, is gratitude to just be here be here alive and able to tell this story. Yes, because um, lupus, a lot of people don't understand. Like, they'll, they'll think that, oh, just because she broke out in a rash of the skin, when it's actually more, way more eternal damages than that. You get what I'm saying? So right. I've been to where I was I, I was at my lowest point. So I, I thought I was going to die, but I kept faith. And when I kept faith and I kept on, remembering that, you know, I can't fight this. I started to actually heal, and I, and I have great days and I have bad days, but I don't let that get the best of me. I was diagnosed at 17, and then two years later, I ended up with my first kidney failure. My first kidney failure was um, so where I wasn't even capable, capable of breathing. My face was swollen, my eyes halfway closed shut, I couldn't open them. I kept getting misdiagnosed for a UTI until the third time I came, and they didn't understand what was going on. It took them about two months to understand that it was my kidneys that were failing, and all these problems were caused by my kidneys. Then I ended up getting in a car accident last year where um, it brought my stress levels back up, and I entered the second stage of my kidney failure. This is my second time having kidney failure. 
And I'm realizing now that there's some things that I just have to stop doing, like, and stop eating to for me to keep progressing and, you know, being healthy to be here another day. So now I'm actually going into remission. And I, I'm, I'm kind of happy for that, you know, because um, me and my husband, I think about having kids. So I feel that God is just blessing me right now. And he's working on me. You know, I'm not perfect, but I feel that he's going to heal me. And I'm going to be as positive and positive vibes as I can have throughout this situation. I am still currently having lupus because there is um, no cure for it. Right, right, which is an important part of the conversation, the fact that there's no cure. I can't even begin to understand what it would feel like to be in your body. And one of the most beautiful things about our conversation last week, Kiva, for me, was your honesty and your willingness to share your story. Because what I know when I look at the statistics is, that there must have been women that I knew growing up as a young woman that had lupus that I didn't even know had lupus. And there are probably women that I know right now that I don't know have lupus. And for me to be able to have that conversation with you last week made me emotional because it opened my eyes and my heart to the truth about this disease. And one thing we know just as women of color and people of color is that illness of any kind can be very difficult to talk about and to be honest about. Do you, you feel me on that? Yeah, I do, because a lot of women, um, they're kind of scared to come out. You know what I'm saying? Like, they have, when they get the butterfly rash, I know some women that refuse to even show their face outside because they feel that embarrassed. They feel embarrassed and they feel like people will judge them, which I feel that you can't always judge a book by its cover because you don't know what's going on. You got to open the book and read it first before you have a full understanding. Absolutely. You know, you, you got to walk a mile in people's shoes. Absolutely. To understand where, where they're coming from. Absolutely. And now you just spoke a little bit about the butterfly rash, which is one of the things that shows up for uh, women that and people that are suffering from lupus. Can you talk to us about what the butterfly rash is and what it looks like? The butterfly rash is a reddish spot on your face. It, um, it shows when you're having a flare-up, and mm-hmm. it makes your, when you go out in the sun, it makes it, your skin is very sensitive to where it could peel and crack and literally come close to bleeding, and sometimes it can get infected. Um, the lupus rash is reddish uh, patches across the face. It can be mistaken for eczema, and um, it also can be located on any other part of the body. So you could also have it on your arms, your hands, your um legs. I have I have had it everywhere. Literally from my back to my stomach to my thighs. And it's an off and on process. Like it gets infected, then heals and then gets right back infected again. And it's been like this for about a year. Right. Right. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. And then one of the things that I want listeners who are learning about lupus today to hear from us specifically is that Lupus is a chronic disease. It can last for years or it can last with you lifelong. And and lupus can affect the joints, the skin, kidneys, blood cells, the brain, heart, and lungs. And some of the symptoms that show up for people that have lupus include fatigue, joint pain, rash, and, and fever. And now you hear, you know, Kiva talking about this idea of a flare-up. 
and and this is speaking to the fact that as she's highlighted, the symptoms can come and go. So you know, I know that last week when we spoke, you were in a you were in a pretty good place. And when we first got on the call together, you had said you, you know you had recently suffered with a little bit of a flare up since the last time I spoke to you, right? Yeah, yesterday I had um, another flare up to my. I woke up in a shock of pain, and I couldn't move my body. Um, my husband had to help me and bring me to the hospital, and they gave me a high dose steroid shot and a pain reliever. But sometimes, if you don't know when it's time to shut down, you will end up getting very sick. You gotta, you gotta treat your, um, you gotta realize the signs in your body when your body is telling you that it's tired. You can't just keep pushing yourself because it feels like you're running away trying to avoid the flare of what's what's gonna happen anyway because we're supposed to sleep actually longer than eight hours. Right. For our body to be, to be relaxed. So, I just think, you know, we have to keep taking care of our bodies. Even if you don't have an autoimmune disease, keep taking care of your body because there's, you know, if you don't, there's going to be something to end up going wrong. Right. Put your body, put the signs from um, that's going on in your body first. Take care of yourself, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Much so. You know, that's uh, a lot of people meet you or find you because you are this serious, an important voice for people in the world, in the realm of lupus survivor and lupus advocate. But there's so much else to you that isn't the lupus. Jokiva, the woman, the daughter, the sister, the wife. Tell us a little bit about who you are, lupus aside. I'm a wife, soon to be college student again. Yes. I also help take care of my twin brother who has, uh, my husband's twin brother who has cerebral palsy. Um, I am very self-motivated. I want to start a clothing line. And I'm sorry, it is pertaining to lupus, you know, to where I can raise funds. And partial of it will be sent to the lupus foundation. And the other part, you know, I will build on and keep building a foundation. Um, yeah. I find that Sometimes I'm also a warrior, and I would mm -hmm. never give up. Besides um, having lupus aside, you know, the struggles that I have been through, I didn't let that bring me down. I just let it make, make me even more stronger and more devoted and more motivated. So it's like I want to be a nurse practitioner. I'm going to go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful, beautiful. So what do you feel like the are the most important parts of you that no one else can see? The most important, uh, more important parts of me is my individual thinking of my mind, you know, my goals, uh, where I'm going or where I want to be. Um, I'm sometimes very misunderstood with um, the, lup the lupus condition, but... All I like to do, y'all, is just chill, lay back, and watch Netflix. I'm, I'm a That's Netflix beautiful. Girl. So let's um, continue. So, Kiva, I'm sure women at home want to want to know. One of the first things I wanted to know uh, when you told me you had had a husband and there's a man in your life that you're in love with, because we're making we love to hear about relationships. Tell us when and how you met your husband. And when did you know his love was unconditional? 
I uh, met my husband when I was in the 11th grade. Um, I met him actually on Facebook through a friend's page. He's not a real social media person. Mm-hmm. But um, I noticed that he was the person that I wanted to be with and that I loved him when I got sick. And he cleaned me. He bathed me. When I used it on myself, he cleaned me. He nurtured me. You know, he kept me on positive vibe, no matter how depressed I felt that I was, you know, feeling like that I'm near my deathbed. He told me, you know, this is not the end. You know, babe, I still find you beautiful with all your scars that you have. This is not the end. This is not why I didn't fall in love with you for your appearance. I fell in love with you for you. And at that moment, I realized, Lord, I finally got somebody that loved me. And, you know, he... He proposed at Applebee's. He proposed at Applebee's? Yeah, he did. He proposed at Applebee's, and then he ended up, we ended up getting married two hours later. Oh, my gosh. But we known each other, we was known each other for, like, three or four years by then. He just randomly was like, I said, when do you want to get married? He's like, right now. Were you shocked? Yes, I shocked. I was like, everything is happening so fast. And the first the first year of the marriage was just rocky because, you know, he didn't understand my sickness. He didn't understand how serious it was until I got to a bad point. And after that, girl, he's like the person, he's like the person that I need because he supports me and he protects me and he provides for me. Yeah. He's the, yes, he's my backbone. He defends for me. I don't have to worry about anything, you know, when I'm around him. And he's like the male version of me. <laughs> got it. Got it. Yeah, that's that is a beautiful feeling, and you have had the pleasure and the blessing of experiencing what definitely sounds like the makings of unconditional love. Because your your husband is a person who is seeing your highs and also seeing your lows, and loving you no matter how you show up. You know. Yes. That is so beautiful. That is so beautiful. So you guys have been together now for how many years, then? Um, seven years. Seven years? Yeah. Beautiful. Make, um, our anniversary is actually in October 25th, girl. I don't know yeah. if we're going to go out, though, because if the walking dead come on, I'm going to be watching this. You know, 
I am not just kidding. You know, yeah. I'm the person that's deep within. It's been very honest. Like, back in the day, the old school music girls, they really made women, you know, the way the women sung, they made it seem like they took pride into themselves. Yes. And their self-worth. Know your self-worth for somebody else can treat you worthy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think of India Ari, and I think of Erica Badu, yeah. and I think of Jill Scott. Lauren when Hill. you say that. Lauren Hill. Absolutely. Yes. Those are, those are the women that I grew up listening to in the backseat of my mom's Volvo, okay, uh, as a child. Yeah. And those, those were the ears I heard. And yeah, absolutely. And you're, you're absolutely right. And no matter what you're experiencing, you know, we're not saying that you, we're not just talking to women today that are battling any major health obstacles. We're talking to every woman. You have to be able to love yourself inside and out for everything you are and everything that you're not because people know. I think people know when you don't love yourself. And I think people can, like, tell. And and when people can tell where you are with that energy, I think it can absolutely make you more or less desirable. And I don't mean in a romantic way. I just mean in an energetic way. You want to be attracting what you're giving off. And if you're giving off law of attraction, if you are giving off sadness and despair and self-loathing and, and self-hatred, that only attracts more of that. But if you want happiness and joy and acceptance, then you actually have to give that out to the universe if you want to give it back, right? Yes, because it's like a man would sit there and say, why do? Why should I love her if she don't love herself? You know what I'm saying? They Absolutely. look at you and try to see where, what do you think about yourself? What are your goals with yourself? What is your motivation? Why do, the, why do this beautiful woman think she's so ugly? You get what I'm saying? Yeah, Absolutely. They're not understanding why you're so insecure in yourself, and that actually makes your standards even lower. Because now you can't get the man that you dreamed of because you're worrying about, oh, um, I'm too fat today. Girl, he loves every jelly roll that you got. (laughs) Somebody's going to love you for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we all know, ladies, we all know how much it's natural to care about how we look. But do you know how much happier I would be if I felt like I walked through a week in my life and felt more women talking about how they felt? How much more empowering would that be if we as women were more concerned with our feelings and our thoughts or we lived in a world that allowed us to be more concerned about our feelings and our thoughts than we did the way that we look? And we know that this is the world that we live in. But I challenge all of us to think about today what lies beneath and how what's on the inside of us has to be the most important thing that drives our existence, you know? Yes, and I understand completely where you're coming from. And it's like, love your natural beauty. Don't feel like you got to put weave and makeup on to um to be who you are. Like, if you watch a lot of documentaries on Netflix of people back in the day of color, we had our natural afros, you know. We didn't really wear makeup. You know, in the 1980s, we were just naturally beautiful. You know, mm-hmm. my grandma, she used to wrap, she used to curl her head with brown paper bags. Wow. So, yeah, so That's it's like. Image. Yeah. It came out, girl, it used to come out so beautiful. I know it like, did, yeah. Yes, they had self-beauty back then. They loved their self for who they were. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I know that that, need, that needs to come back. 
It does. It absolutely does. And, you know, I think we're getting there bit by bit. I think that there have been some very monumental women that are in the face of the public eye and the society eye that have helped us get get along the way, further along the way. And there have been women that have always been pioneers for us, embracing who we are and our essence and our most natural beauty, beauty, knowing that beauty comes from the inside out, ladies, which is why Mind Body Melanin as a platform for us is so important because we're saying to you, you are beautiful and you are your best self when you're happy, when you're healthy, when you're taking care of yourself, when you're eating right, when you're exercising, because then all of those things just help inform and create who you want to be on the outside. Because we know, you know, it comes down to basic things like when we drink lots of water, our skin is brighter. You know, when we exercise, our body is healthier. Like, those are basic, basic things that when we think about what we're doing to our insides, it can absolutely show on the outside. And we want women everywhere to feel to feel their confidence in their own body. And that's a huge part we know of accepting and loving ourselves. And, and knowing that we're in control of that in our own journey is, is an important piece of the conversation when we talk about health and wellness, you know. Yes, and women should get up every morning. You know, just take five minutes out for the day and just look at yourself. You know, oh, wow. give yourself a little pep talk. Be yeah. like, girl, girl, you look sexy today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you gonna work it today. You gonna turn heads when you walk. I love you that. Know what I'm love yeah. yourself like that. Absolutely, you have to love yourself like that. And it, and I think it takes some time. I think you have to go through a certain set of circumstances before I some did, people yeah. get to that level. I know I did. I know I did. I sure did, too. And I think it happens for a lot of women. And, and what I know is true, I, what my mother would say to me, and I think, ladies, what a lot of our mothers would say to us is don't wait too long to do that in your own life. So many of our mothers, you know, got to the health and wellness game late because of where we were as a society. You know, my mother tells me all the time, and I say to my mom all the time, you know, I didn't see you do these things for yourself, Mom. And she's like, you know, I, I waited too long, and I don't want you to wait as long as I waited. So I, I, I really, that's a me too girl moment when I hear you say, you know, wake up in the morning and compliment yourself. Like get in your own zone about how you feel and, and, and talking yourself up because that's a huge part about how we show up for other people because people can tell. Yeah, I learned to appreciate life so much. You know, when you sit down and you relax and you take time to think out, take time out like for meditation. When you meditate, and you pray, and you, you know, relax yourself, you start to have a conversation with um, God or whatever religion that you're under. Um, mm. There was a time that I sat still in the hospital bed and meditated and prayed, and I, you know, God, God told me, how can I heal you if you don't have the healing state of mind? You keep, oh, wow. You keep not giving me chances to even take care of you. You're um, losing faith in me. How can you lose faith in me when I am the one that is here for you? I never left your side. So I started to pray every day. Like, I um, love to go to church. I love to read the Bible. And um, it's just I started to believe in him again. And I I went into remission for about two years before my second kidney failure popped up. Mm. And... um. 
I am more religious than anything. I do support anything that's going on, you know, whether it's gay relationships and all that. I support that, you know. I'm not um, a judgmental person, but with God, I will believe in him. Yes, I'm definitely a believer. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. And you highlighted the word warrior earlier, and I want to bring it back to you in the form of a question. At what point, as a woman with lupus, did you feel like you decided, and it is a decision you made, Kiva, to go from survivor to warrior? Not only fighting for yourself, but fighting for others. At what point did you decide to go from survivor to warrior? Oh, um, it was sometime around last year. Um, you know, I never thought that I would get this much love because mm. there was a time that I shut myself off from the world because of my sickness. Mm-hmm. And when I started to keep faith and keep praying and keep focusing, Everything started to get positive. Yeah, you're going to have some up-down moments. Yeah, every day's not going to be perfect as it seems. But you got to keep pushing. You got to keep having that self-motivation. And I think that's what I had to do. I had Mm -hmm. to teach myself that everything was going to be okay no matter how hard it is. That's beautiful. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. Um, Tell us, what does the world misunderstand about this disease? and or this condition of lupus, what are some of the destructive stereotypes surrounding this condition that you feel like need to be addressed? Okay, when we were walking in public, um, I used to always get scared. Like I used to, people used to think I had poison ivy, or people used to think that I was contagious. Lupus is not contagious. Lupus, um, you're more harm to me than I am to you. Um, Mm -hmm. If you have like a cold, I can end up with pneumonia. Um, the life expectancy of lupus is not good. Like, my family members died in their 40s of it. So I'm trying to take care of my body the best way I know how because lupus attacks randomly. It's not just a thing that you can just catch on to. You, um, right. It shows symptoms, but you'll think that some of the symptoms that you have might be symptoms that you have on a regular basis, but you're not noticing that your body is changing. You're not right. noticing that... Um, you're gaining weight. Like I didn't notice that I was. I didn't know that I gained 15 pounds in like four days when I started retaining fluid. Right. Um. And I kept, you know, kept pushing. I didn't go to the doctor, and I ended up three about two and a half months later, 185 pounds. Mm. So with this sickness, a lot of people just think, oh, it's just a skin disease. No, it's an organ disease too. Is that it attacks your organs? It attacks your brain, it attacks your nervous system, it attacks your bone structure, it attacks everything. Right. It even attacks your bloodstream. You can have an infection in your bloodstream. Right, right. That is that is a realness. And when you shared those thoughts with me last week, that's a moment where I was getting chills all over my body and even sick to my stomach to think that moment where you said, you know, so many people look at me and they think I'm going to be be the one doing harm to them by being near me, but really, they're the ones that are more of a danger to me and my body. That's a moment where you just flip the whole script for me and put everything <laughs> into perspective, because that's yeah. what happens when we judge what we don't know. It's oh, unbelievable. That's honestly true. Mm. That's honestly true, and, you know, a lot of women, I got messages that a lot of women, you know, they're scared to go out in public because of the way they probably went out in public first, the first time.
time they had a lupus rash and they get there they get there that um I had a, like a um eight year old, nine year old girl come up to me crying and her mom was like, Please can you tell my daughter that you're not dying? Wow. I talk to this child and tell her, you know, no, I'm okay. I'm not going anywhere no time soon. I had to reassure her, and she actually gave me a hug. I had to reassure her because I was like, dang, she's seeing the outside of me. She's not even seeing who I am. She's seeing the book. Just like I said, she's seeing the book of, of the cover, but she's not reading it. So I had mm. to reassure her and promise her that I'm not going nowhere, and I don't plan to go nowhere anytime soon. Yes. Yes. And now getting on to that thought, Kiva, one of the things that you just highlighted in your previous response was that, you know, people who have had lupus in your family didn't live beyond their 40s. Now, people who don't know your story may not know that you actually have a history of lupus in your family. Can you tell us who in your family has already done the battle or is in the battle with lupus currently? I had um, my AC. She died of it at 48. Um, it was to the point to where if she walked outside, her skin was just burning. She lost movement um, where she was capable of walking. She would throw up a lot. She died at 48. My mom's dad died of it at 45. Also, he had, you know, excessive drinking a little bit, but she died of it at 45, and my mom is affecting her heart. My mom was in remission for about 15 years before her lupus started to flare up now again, and hers really only flare up due to stress or overworking herself. But okay. my mom is affecting her heart right now, um, and of course I have it. But mm -hmm. it's more uh, people in my mom's side of the family is more found on her father's side. Okay. And I'm the only child that came out with lupus. My mom has th two more other girls. I'm the only okay. that came out with lupus. So your mom has three daughters, and you are the only child that came out in loop with, with lupus? Yes, ma'am. Okay, and how old is your mom? Would you mind telling us that? My mom is 43. Okay, so your mom is at the beginning of her 40s. And, yeah, and one of the, mm -hmm, go ahead. Yeah, she had, no, I, I was just um, going to say she had us back to back. Like, all my sisters and me are exactly a year behind each other. And I think that the two miscarriages that she had might have been due to lupus because I think they caught hers late when she um, first got sick, also. But my mom, with her having lupus, it motivated me even more because I could she could relate to me. I could go and talk to her. I could ask her questions, and she answered for me because some of the things she did go through. Right, right. Absolutely. So I'm not alone, you know. Absolutely, yes, yes. And let's go. Let's continue the conversation with this idea of not being alone. One of the things that I wanted you to speak to us just, you know, for a few moments about today was this idea of being able to inspire and empower other women with your story and with your truth. You said to me last week, and I will not forget this, you know, you said, Camille, you know, the people in my family that have had lupus haven't made it beyond their 40s, and I'm going to. That's, that's yeah. for me. Like, I'm going to live past that. And and I, I found you in that moment. That's when I felt your power coming, coming through the phone line and the power of you uh, as a truth speaker and a storyteller and a warrior of lupus, to be able to inspire and empower other women, what would you say to us about that, Kiva? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going anywhere. You know, I have lupus. Lupus doesn't have me. Like ladies, any condition that you have, don't let it make the best of you. If they sit there and tell you, if you if you sit there and don't have faith in God, and you're sitting there letting a doctor control what the outcome is is of you, of course, yeah, take the medication that they want you to take. But in the same token, 
appreciate yourself, still live your life. Don't sit in the house depressed about it because it's going to take a toll on you. Don't let your sickness make you and define who you are because when you do that, you can lose friends. You can lose, you can lose basic life. Like, Lucas, yeah. my condition can actually kill you due to stress. Like, my kidney started failing due to stress. So, ladies, put yourself first, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I think that, I, you know, I learned so much from you about lupus, even more in that two-and-a-half-hour conversation than I've been able to learn just reading, just reading articles and information online. And, and I think that that, to me, brought to light how many illnesses we can have or conditions we can experience that we learn so much more about them from a firsthand account and from a firsthand experience. You educated me so much on lupus as an illness last week. And is, is there anything else you really want this audience to know about lupus as an illness? Um, lupus is a type of disease that attacks and doesn't show at times. So it's like a, a silent killer. And, mm. you know, with lupus, you lose your confidence, you go through depression, but you got to keep pushing. You got to keep staying strong because if you don't, if you don't love yourself, how can you expect to keep pushing? Life doesn't wait for nobody. So why you're still, you know, life, is, life it really doesn't. If, if you just stand still and miss out on life, nobody's going to notice it but you. Yes. Yes. And let's continue with this idea of depression and, and you know, you, you highlighted in, in some instances how that may lead and can lead to suicide. This is yeah. an illness that can consume the person that, that has it, driving them into states of depression and, and possibly ending their story with an act of suicide. What can you share with us about that today? Um. A lot of women feel like they have no one to talk to. I mean, I, I went through a stage of where I kept getting sick and I tried to commit suicide. Um, it's not a good feeling. You know, when you wake up, you're like, damn, I really tried to do that. I feel, I feel, you know, I felt bad as hell that I tried to do that to myself and I don't love myself that much. Like, you start to regret what you did and it's, it's a hard topic, you guys, because, you know, um, I'm past that stage now. Like, I, I cut myself. I tried to take Benadryl, but I didn't understand that people loved me. People were like, um, why are you only thinking about yourself? Do you think about the people that surround you that actually do love you? My husband loves me unconditionally, and I would never be that selfish again to where I would try to take my life. I love myself too much now. He taught me to love myself. Yeah, yeah. So knowing that, Feelings of being alone and being depressed and even suicide aren't things that any one of us might be experiencing. What can we do as women of color to stand in solidarity and support one another when we're thinking about how to be in, in the arena of lupus awareness or engaging in advocacy for learning about things like lupus? What can we do to be a part of this conversation and be helpful as sisters? Um, just listen and sometimes be a voice for each other. Um, support each other. Don't put each other down. You know, 
because as women, we need to come together and unite and understand because we could educate, honestly, we could educate each other instead of judging each other. Don't let, don't let envy take over. Don't let temptation take over. Don't let anything, you know, come in between of what can create a powerful moment. Um, yes. I feel that instead of us fighting with each other, we just love each other, compliment each other. You know, hey, girl, you look very beautiful today. I love walking up to women and telling them that, that they're beautiful. You know, you're somebody. Don't ever think that you're nobody, baby. You're somebody, and I'm loving it. Absolutely. And uh, so what are the what are the current conversations or narratives surrounding lupus that you think are the most important for us to be in the know about as listeners? Whether we know someone who has lupus, whether we have lupus, whether we don't know anybody that has lupus, we don't have lupus. We just want to be a part of the conversation. What do you think we need to know about lupus right now in order to educate ourselves or make a difference? Um, um, when you find out someone has lupus, someone has lupus and you don't understand, ask them because they would rather you ask than sit there and just assume that it's not a serious condition or um, the appearance that they have is due to something else. You know, be informative. Be very supportive. Um, most people that, that do have lupus tend to want to educate other people on their sickness. They tend to um, want people to have an understanding of what they're going through because it's very hard to um, be a lupus patient walking around to where you're getting judged and you're, um, you start taking insecurities in yourself. So you guys that, um, if you want to know anything about lupus, ask a, a lupus patient, period, because in medical books, they only have like a one paragraph about mm. lupus and that's it. Mm -hmm. And there's no really good details on it. The yeah. more, um, the more you can learn about lupus is through a lupus patient. Right. Right. That's really helpful for, for us to know as listeners and as supporters and as women who should be getting in the know about all the things that we can about what could be happening to our bodies or what could be happening to another woman of which whom we love, what could be happening to her body. And yes. one of the things that I know that you've done so well, Kiva, in your in your path of being a warrior for lupus is you've created a place and space through your social media to do exactly what you're asking us all to do, to ask questions, to encourage people to ask questions, to share their story, and for you to be able to give words of encouragement. And you do that really well, lovely, just through Instagram. I was so impressed by your Instagram presence and not impressed like, wow, I can't believe she's able to do that. But I mean impressed and speechless by the things that people are willing to say when they're telling their own truths, people expressing to you what they're afraid of and what they need and people asking you questions, right? Like you're not, uh, you know, let, let, let's be frank, sis. You're, you're not a doctor, right? You are not running a research institute on lupus. And there are people that day after day come, that come to connect to you through social media with real questions that they could be taken to a doctor, that they maybe have already taken to a doctor, but instead or also they're bringing it to you. So why do you believe that your social media following is so strong? And, and who is your audience and why do you feel that they support you in the way that they do? 
Um, because they can relate to me, and half of my fan base is actually lupus patients. You know, um, wow. I gave them that open space to feel like they could come and talk to somebody. I gave mm -hmm. them that faith, uh, that motivation that they could go out out in public with that rash on their face. You know, they feel that I am a voice for them, and I love to be that voice for them over Instagram. What's my Instagram is um, Indian Rose underscore Indian Rose with two E's at the end. Um, ladies, if you need motivations, I will always motivate, help motivate, and I look at other people's pages for self-motivation to keep us going, keep us united as women. You know, it's already a lot to where people feel like they can't come and talk, so why not, why not me be a, a voice for them in any questions that they have concerning or thinking that they have lupus, why not answer them? I would answer anybody, you know, not just through DMs, because my DM is full, but I would love to do emails. Great, wonderful. Can you actually give us the email address that people can reach you at if they'd like to contact you? Yes, Kiva Baby, K I V A B A B B E at gmail dot com. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And can you go back and tell us one more time what your Instagram handle was for people that maybe didn't have a pen and pencil or pen and paper with them? Go ahead and say it. Sure. Um, underscore Indian Rose, I N D I A N R O S E E. Wonderful. Kiva, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to have a conversation with us. And, you know, my heart is reaching out to you through the phone because you are a new connection in my life. And I had the opportunity to meet you because of MBM, because we were looking to find a woman that could speak to us in the month of May in celebration and acknowledgement of Lupus Awareness Month. And Keisha found you. Uh, and you found us, and we stumbled upon one another in the universe, and, and now we're here in this moment creating something special for people to hear and to listen to and to carry with them. Thank you so much, Kiva. No problem. And hi, Miss Keisha. Thank you for um, recognizing me and letting me do this interview. I found this to be very inspirational, and Camille, you are a very inspirational person also. I, I love and adore your spirit, and I... I'm so happy that we're connected and, you know, being able to finish up our call last week and then text each other like, is this your cell phone number, girl? Because I'm trying to keep this and, and, mm -hmm. and you feel in the same way. And I just, it really speaks to the power of what women can do. As women, we actually have the power to heal this world in a way that, no offense, men, no offense, brothers, in a way that is unique to us as a female body and a female entity, as the mothers, as the sisters, as the daughters, as, as the species that is naturally more nurturing. We have, we have the ability to heal this world, one conversation at a time, one hug at a time, one, one smile at a time, because we are the, the, the creature on this planet that actually does it a little more innately and more naturally, and I just felt so much connection to you after last Friday. And I know the women sitting at home experienced so many of the feelings that I know that I did. If you want to learn more about Kiva and Kiva's story, follow her on social media. Be sure to send her a DM if you'd like, but also be sure to send her an email if you'd like to start a conversation. I want us to all keep in mind a few thoughts. More than 90% of lupus sufferers are women mostly young women between the ages of 15 to 44. Women of color 
are two to three times more at risk for lupus than Caucasian women. 1.5 million Americans suffer from this autoimmune disease. Lupus is chronic. There is no cure. What Kiva has told us that we can change is the way that our mind and our heart feels about the disease. Let's break down some of those stereotypes. Let's cast out the judgment and let's ask real questions and go and search for real answers so that we can be helpful, so that we can be a support, so that we can empower one another to feel beautiful inside and out and to be healthy so that we can continue to live the most full lives that we can. Ladies, thank you so much for tuning in today. Kiva, thank you so much for being here. Uh, a huge thank you from MBM, Mind Body Melanin. We love you. We are here for you, and we are here to share your story. Thank you so much, Mama. Thank you, too, beautiful. All right. We will be in touch. Thank you all for listening. We wish you all the best from wherever you are listening, wherever you are in the world, in your day, in your week. MBM, the podcast, is here bringing you one of our first interviews with a key influencer active in the space of health and wellness. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Melanin Girl Wellness Podcast, the official podcast of Mind Body Melanin. Join us every month for self-care topics, guided meditations, and interviews with key influencers in the world of health and wellness that want to speak to you. Visit us at mindbodymelanin.com to join our Melanin Girl Wellness Movement and to find new ways to become the happiest and healthiest version of you. I'll be with you every step of the way. Want more time with me? Follow me on Instagram at SundaysWithC. We can travel the journey of the holistic self together. It's C. And this is the Melanin Girl Wellness Podcast. Available on iTunes. There's nothing more fierce than a woman completely committed to herself.